Aren't you thankful for the hand of Jesus? Hallelujah. We worship you in this place tonight, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. There is none like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. There's that deep assurance that we have to know that uh, no matter what it is that we are going through, whether and how deep the valley may be, that we are not alone, that God is with us, amen, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Man, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, amen. How many are happy to be here tonight, amen, to worship the Lord together, to feel his presence in this place, amen, and we come to give him praise and worship because he is worthy, isn't he? Amen. After, after all that he's done and for who he is, man, we have enough to be thankful for and enough to give him praise. Amen. It's so good to see everyone here tonight. Amen. To come that made it, fought through the rain and the thunderstorms. And I know God's got something for you. Amen. Amen. As our ushers come tonight, amen. And we want to remind you um, obviously, this weekend is a, a busy weekend for us. Uh, tomorrow night, 7 30, we got the, the kids' rally here at the church, amen, also Saturday morning at 11 a.m. will be here as well, um, and sat Sunday is normal, Sunday school at uh, 9.30 and then uh, regular service at 11, amen, and we'll have uh, brother, uh, brother Luke Curry's here to minister this whole weekend, so we're going to make him work, right, amen, he'll be speaking to us tonight and the kids uh, the next two days and then back to us on, on Sunday, so we're excited. Uh, for what God has in store and how God's going to use him, amen, mightily in this place today, amen, amen. So let's all go before the Lord tonight and lift up uh, our needs, those that we know of. We know Sister Bruce had, a, had asked for prayer. We want to lift her up before the Lord. And uh, anyone else you know of, we're going to call on the name of the Lord because God is, he is able, amen, and we're going to do that together. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for your precious uh, presence here tonight, Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to have your way, God, not just here tonight, but in those that are in need, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over their lives, their bodies, their homes. God, that your will would be done, God. We give you the praise and the glory. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do tonight and this weekend. God, we ask you to anoint our ears and hearts to receive and anoint the messenger as we give you praise tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Kids Church can be dismissed as we come and give unto the Lord.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you. We bless your name tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, it's our honor to have uh, Luke Curry here tonight. Um, he, may be, he may be a stranger to us, but Taylor uh, probably can have a lot of stories from him, seeing him grow up, and this one too down here. Uh, and so we're so blessed to have them uh, here tonight to minister to us. And so we want uh, Brother Luke to come and, and minister and let the Lord have his way tonight. It feels so good in this place. Why don't we go ahead and just give that to the Lord? Come on, if you really love him. Come on, clap your hands, all ye people, and let's shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I know it's easy just to clap sometimes, but you want to try using your voice. Come on, they raise their voice at football games. They raise their voice. and the, Come on, they can do it at all these other things. Let's raise our voice on a Thursday night. Hallelujah, hallelujah. be seated in the presence of the Lord, but if you don't preach with me, I'll just preach all night long. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we give a great big round of applause to this wonderful music team. Thank you, Jesus. Showing up early, I'm sure practicing, but fire falls on the sacrifice, and we are benefactors of their commitment and effort. We're so thankful for that. It is so good to be in Fort Myers, Florida on a Thursday night. Come on, somebody. We're going to have church. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 10 and 15. Man, did y'all see that? Either we have some loaded kids in this place or a lot of smart parents that just sent all the kids up because I think the kids outgave the adults or something. I was like, I was so impressed. The future is bright. Got some little Elon Musks or something running around here. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. I give honor to your pastor, your wonderful pastor's wife. What an incredible family. What an incredible man. Anybody thankful for your pastor? I'm so thankful for their spirit. It's just so good to be around apostolic people. And I'm thankful for that. Like he said, uh, I have known Sister Taylor. Well, I should say she has known me. I don't know how. She's known me before I knew her, before I was even aware. So um, she she can tell you all about, about me. And she has more stories probably that don't need to be told and shared. But, no, it's, it's so good. And uh, I want to give honor also. Um, I have a really a really good-looking guy with me, just turned 16. This is Brother Jackson. Watch out, Rhodes. Here he comes. Um, they are his parents, which Sister Amanda is here. They are like family to me, and they are pastoring a great church, yeah, the Apostolics of Arcadia, and they're having revival. And it's just so good to be a part of the body of Christ. I will tell you, that while this may be my first time here, I can assure you that you have been in my prayers and you stay in my family's prayers and in our church's prayers. You know, why I know so many people is because we all come from the same home church. And I am so thankful for a home church. 
I know a lot of people that grow up and act like they hatched from an egg somewhere. And, and they were like Jesus from the time they were born. But that wasn't the case for me. I am thankful for a home church where there were saints of God, a church family that loved me even more than my other family sometimes. You know, I had church aunts and uncles and church cousins, and, and that's the way it should be. You need a home church where you can, if you're just always flipping and flopping like a mackerel, you ain't ever going to have roots. You got to have, I heard somebody put it this way, you need to have roots. You need to have roots. Thank the Lord. I give honor to my pastor without his covering. Uh, I could not be here, and he is the greatest pastor in the world. I love him dearly. Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet, are the feet of them that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Finally, Song of Solomon, chapter 7 and verse 1, how beautiful are thy feet with shoes. How beautiful are thy feet with shoes. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I would like to preach to you on this very simple topic, feet with shoes. Feet with shoes. Would you put your Bibles down and would you raise your hands and would you pray an apostolic prayer right now? Lord Jesus, God, we want you in this place. We desire your presence. This is not just another social club. God, we've not come just to see each other. God, this isn't a bingo hall. We want the spirit of the living God to move in our midst. Let miracles, signs, and wonders take place. Let the Holy Ghost destroy each and every have your way in Jesus' name, and we do not fail to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, it feels good to worship him. You ought to jump up and down. You ought to wave a hand. You ought to lift your voice. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated presence of the Lord. I don't, I really hope you guys aren't expecting something super deep or super spiritual tonight. I've just come to preach to you a little bit, if that's okay, on a Thursday night and remind somebody that we have a responsibility. We have a purpose. There is a holy and high calling that rests upon the shoulders and the lives of every indivisible individual under the sound of my voice. There is a purpose for you, sir. There is a purpose for you, ma'am. You have a calling. Before you were ever in your mother's womb, he knew you. He formed you. He shaped you. He had a calling on your life, and that is to win souls. Come on, there are souls for you to win. You were not called just to take up space. You were not called just to take up excess oxygen. But rather, you have a purpose. You have a godly design and a godly mandate to reach those that are lost, to reach to those that are broken, to reach to the downtrodden and to the confused. 
We must win souls. You are called to be a soul winner. I've just come to tell somebody that you have not seen anything yet. I know we've gone through service after service. I know we have a nice building and a great congregation. I know this is a great church, a praying church, a revival church, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. I hope you do not settle. I hope you do not become jaded. I hope you do not become callous to your pew, but rather you take it as a mandate and as a cross that I am a living, breathing, walking revival and everywhere I go souls will be saved, individuals will be baptized, families will be transformed, somebody's going to be healed, somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost. If you believe that shout yes and if you really believe that why don't you worship the Lord. Come on, we have not seen our biggest revivals yet. We've not seen our record attendance yet. We've not seen the most people get the Holy Ghost in a single service. We've not seen the most people be baptized in Jesus' name. There is still revival to be had. There are still souls to win. As long as there is one person that has not heard the precious name of Jesus, we still have a job to do. I've come to preach to a generation that is more connected but more scattered than ever before. A generation that is searching and groping for purpose in darkness. Looking, hoping for somebody to let them know why they were created, why they're here on this earth, why they're taking up space, why, why is there a heartbeat in their chest, why were they woken up this morning, and I've just come to tell you, you college and career, you mom and dad, you child, you grandparent, that you have a purpose, let me tell you why, you've come to seek and to save that which is lost, you've come to be about your father's business, I know you may be a plumber, but you're so much more than a plumber, I know you may be an electrician, but you're so much more than an electrician, I know you may, come on, I know you may be a school teacher, but you're so much more than a school teacher. You are called to be like Christ. You are called to be hell's worst nightmare. You are called to be apostolic. We need people that answer the call. God still calls. No, 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 no. God still calls. I refuse to believe that the call of God died 30 years ago, Brother Phil. I refuse to believe that all the best preachers and all the best sermons and all the greatest revivals are behind us. No, there is more. There is greater. There is something deeper. There is something God designed that is for this generation, but we must answer the call of God. We need preachers. We need preachers. We do not need another TikTok star. We do not need another YouTuber. We do not need another multimillionaire, although I'll take it. 
Come on, somebody. We don't need another multi-level marketing scheme. We don't need somebody that owns a Fortune 500 company. What we need more than anything is preachers. What we need more than anything is Bible study teachers. What we need more than anything are singers that know how to sing the power down. Stop pushing your kids to the things of this world. I don't care. I'm not against education. I'm getting my education. I'm in college. I'm all for it. You can have more degrees than a thermometer. I don't care. But at the end of the day, you better have a walk with God. If that education, if that diploma cost you a walk with God, it better be thrown out so fast ought to make your head spin. The Holy Ghost has a purpose for you. God has a calling for you. We don't need another apostolic influencer. What we need is somebody that hears from God. What we need is somebody that knows how to make space in a prayer room and learn to pray until their knees are calloused, until their eyes are bloodshot and they lose their voice. Somebody that knows how to pull heaven down to earth. Somebody that can reach a soul. 1 Corinthians 1.21 for after that, in the wisdom of God, the word by the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You hear me? My biggest heroes are not basketball players. My biggest heroes are not pop stars. Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan mean nothing to me. Let me tell you who my heroes are. They're a man by the name of James Varnum and a lady by the name of Naomi Varnum who at the age of 16 began to evangelize. At the age of 18 began to pastor and built an incredible church that saved my family. You know why? Those are my heroes. Those are my heroes. I don't care if you never dunk. I don't care if you never make a three-pointer. I don't care if you never reach a 1,000 subscribers. You need to have a relationship with God. Parents, I know you like buying all those cool cleats and all those cool, all those cool shoes for your kids. I know you like the, the hobby that they're really interested in. But you ought to push things that benefit the kingdom. If you can, my goodness, my, if you can spend thousands and thousands on sports and extracurricular activities, you can pay for a piano lesson. You can pay for a singing lesson. You can teach them how to teach a Bible study. We don't need another sports star. We don't need another famous person. We need somebody that will work in the kingdom. Well, our... Aren't we trying, you're just trying to indoctrinate our children. You better believe I am. Who said we have to wait till they're in hyphen to reach them? We 
have lost our ever-loving minds if we think that that's the age to reach them. No, you know how you reach them? You send them up with a dollar to the offering plate. You know how you reach them? You sit them down on a Wednesday night and show them how to teach a Bible study. You know how you reach them? It's at 8 and 7 and 6 o'clock in the morning when you say, before we go to school, let's hit our knees. Before we go to school, let's read a couple Bible verses. We need somebody that will be the feet. I know it's not popular. I know it smells. I know, I know it's not cool. I know it's not what everybody sees. But I'm telling you, this generation, you will not know us by our faces. But you will know us by the sound of our feet. It's as an army marching to a holy war. It's as an army marching to a holy war. Can you hear it? There's something that's rising up inside of his people that says it's time to go. It's time to teach. It's time to reach. It's time to baptize. It's time to heal. We need to be the feet. Nobody's ever going to know your name. Nobody's ever going to make an Instagram post about you. You're never going to show up on some conference flyer. But you know what? You can reach a Paul somewhere. You can reach a Paul somewhere that's in the middle of nowhere and blind. And nobody else wants to talk to him. And nobody else wants to even say his name. But you got a call from heaven to be the feet of the almighty God. We are never going to experience the revival that God has promised if we do not first become the feet. How shall they hear without a preacher? We are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You were chosen for this. You were destined for this. Come on, mama. Come on, daddy. Don't give up. You've not taught your last Bible study. You've not sang your last song. You've not, come on, come on. You've not paid your last, you've not paid your last offering. You were chosen to be the feet. This will be the most anointed generation that the world has ever seen. How do you know that? Because I know we have to be the feet. And Brother Phil, the oil always falls down. I don't think you heard me. The oil always falls down. It may fall on the head, but it puddles at the feet. It may fall on the head, but it puddles at the feet. It puddles around those that know how to teach a Bible study. It puddles around those that are telling everybody they can about Jesus. It puddles around those that are, that are the crazy ones, the radical ones. Puddles at the feet. The Bible says he will enlarge our steps. It's time to take bigger steps. 
Because I've come to tell you, I've come all the way to tell you this, that the bigger steps we take, the bigger God will make them. And as we begin to step out in faith, God is going to do incredible things. But it all starts with somebody making up in their mind, I'm going to be the one to walk on water. I'm going to be the one to reach my city. I'm going to be the one to start a bus route. I'm going to be the one to tell that co-worker. I'm going to be the one to pray for that lady in the grocery store. I'm going to be the one that shouts up and down my cubicle. We've got to be the feet. There is nothing more beautiful than those that carry the gospel. Nothing. Except we find Solomon writes in Song of Solomon, which is a type and shadow of Jesus in his bride. He writes Song of Solomon chapter 7 and verse 1. How beautiful are thy feet with shoes. Solomon understood in his wisdom, in his infinite wisdom, that there is beauty in feet, but there is even more beauty in the feet that are wearing shoes. I submit to you tonight that the only thing better than the feet of them that carry the gospel are the feet of them that carry the gospel with shoes. What are you talking about, preacher? Psalms chapter 91 and verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Buckler, what is that meaning? It's meaning the latch on your shoes. What was he telling them? My truth will be your shoes. And I've come to tell you, I'm thankful for every person that can witness. But I'm here to tell you that you can witness a whole lot better with the truth. I'm thankful for every person that knows how to pray. But you can pray a whole lot better with the truth. I'm thankful for every person that knows how to preach. But you can preach a whole lot better with the truth truth. We got to have the truth in everything we do. We cannot leave this house without shoes on. We cannot leave this house without shoes on. We need shoes on our jobs. We need shoes on our schools. Because the beauty of them that of feet with shoes is that you will always be able to walk a little farther and run a little faster and climb a little higher. I don't care how smart you think you are. You're better with shoes. I don't care how talented you think you are. You're more talented with shoes. I don't care how important you think you are. You're more important with shoes. You ought to... You ought to try the truth. You ought to try on his word. You ought to try on holiness. You ought to try on the oneness of the Godhead. Exodus 3 and 5. And he said, draw not, hit, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet. For the place whereon you standeth is holy ground. This is Jesus speaking to Moses. Moses, take off your shoes. For this is holy ground. But we do not often realize the opposite of the statement that Jesus or God was saying in the Old Testament. He said, when you come to this place, Moses, take off your shoes. What's the opposite of that? But when you leave here, 
you better put your shoes back on because there are briars and there are thorns and there are things that will try to trip you up. And I've come to tell you that I don't goodness, there's a boldness in this place. I don't care what kind of lip-wristed religion that you claim to have. The truth will take you farther. The truth will set you free. The truth will help you. The truth will save you. The truth will, the truth will bless you. The truth. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying just to be dogmatic. I've come to tell you that I've tried it, and it works. It's the truth. It's the truth. Jesus sends the children of Israel into the wilderness. What does he do? He ensures that their shoes never wear out. Why? Because in your wilderness season, the thing that you're going to need most between you and this earth, you're going to need some rubber that can meet the road. You're going to need something to stand on when life gets hard, when things get shaky, when everything's not going right at home. You better have something underneath your feet that you can stand. The Bible says, in having done all to stand, stand therefore. What are you talking about, preacher? Stand for the truth. Stand for for the truth. Stand for holiness. Stand for Jesus' name baptism. Stand for what's right. Shoes prevent foot problems. Shoes better your alignment. Shoes offer covering. What do shoes represent? Repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name. The infilling of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues. Holiness, separation from the world. What are shoes? They're a barrier between you and the earth. You need a barrier between you and the earth. Who do you think you are just throwing out this message? Who do you think you are just throwing out holiness? I've come to tell you, I know it's not popular. I know it may not be in fashion, but it's God-fashioned. It's God-fashioned. It's God-ordained. It's beautiful, and it's right. And it will help you make it to heaven. How many times have we seen it? People that went to run. They wanted to do great things for God. They had messages, Brother Phil, far beyond what I could ever dream of preaching. They had songs far beyond what we could ever dream of singing or writing. They were talented beyond their years. They had a godly gifting. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. They went to run. But it got slick, and it got rocky, and at the first sign of something hard, they fell. Why? You gotta have shoes on. You gotta have something that keeps you grounded. You gotta have something that says, no, I don't believe that. No, I won't go there. No, I won't say that. No, I won't laugh at that joke. No, I won't text that person. No, I won't slide into their DMs. No, I won't respond to that. No, I won't go on that website. What are you saying, preacher? You can run farther with shoes. You can take this gospel farther with shoes. I'm hurrying. 1960, there was a 28-year-old by the name of Abibi. He amazed the world when unknown and unheralded, he won the Olympic marathon. Pretty big deal, right? But there's a lot of events at the Olympics. 
There's a lot of things that could have graced the cover of the magazine and of the news articles. But there he was, a baby in all of his glory. But on that day, it wasn't about his triumph or his speed. They weren't just celebrating his accomplishment, but it was the way in which he accomplished it. That'll preach right there, folks. I know you just came to church, but it matters the way you come to church. I know you just, come on somebody, I know you just showed up on a Thursday night, but it matters the way you show up on a Thursday night. I know you just think it's a prayer meeting, but it matters the way that you pray. I know you just got baptized, but it matters the way that you were baptized. The newspaper articles, they came out. People were not focused on his time. Because they were not even focused on the fact that he became the first person from East Africa to win a medal. But people remember Abibi because he was barefoot. The cameras, the reporters focused on his feet. How incredible. How amazing. How remarkable that a man could accomplish so much barefoot. How could he run so fast barefoot? How could he make it so far barefoot? But they don't remember that that was not Bibi's last race. No, he showed up four years later, and he won once again, becoming the first two-time gold medalist in East African history. Except this year, Abibi wore shoes. And they did not report and they failed to mention that his best time was not ran barefoot. It was ran with shoes on because you will always be faster. You will always climb higher. You will always go further with shoes on. His record was made with shoes on. And I know you think you may be successful on your own. I invite you to try wearing a pair of shoes. I know you think... I know you think you're all that and a bag of chips and a pickle on the side, but you ought to go ahead and try God. You ought to go ahead and try the gospel. You ought to go ahead and try Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Others tried. They failed. How could Sir Fisherman rock the entirety of the Roman Empire, one of the greatest empires to ever grace the face of the earth? It's very simple. They had shoes on. It was a godly mandate. Go out into the highways and the hedges. But you better remember when you go out to those rocky highways, when you show up to those thorn-filled hedges, you better have some shoes on. When you go to the drug den, when you go to the place that nobody's willing to go, go with shoes on. Go with the truth. Don't cut it. Don't sugarcoat it. You better be nice. You better treat them right, but you better show them. This is how you're saved. This is how you're saved. This is how you live. This is how you overcome. This is how you're going to make it. What good does it do to reach the mountaintop 
if your message is not intact? What good does it do to reach the whole world if it's not with the whole gospel? You have to have shoes. You got to stand on something, mama. You got to stand on something, daddy. I know it's easy to say amen now, but what are you going to do when they go to leave the house and they're not dressed just right? I'm sorry, I know this is the first time I've preached here, and I'm not trying to just meddle. I'm sorry, this is a word from God. I feel this. What are you going to do when you get that text? What are you going to do when that thing pops up on your phone, Daddy? We are dealing with an epidemic, folks, and nobody wants to talk about it. But pornography is not only affecting our young men, it's affecting our old men. You can't open your phone and go to Instagram or any other site without it attacking you head on. You have to have some shoes on, Dad. You have to have some shoes on, Grandpa. That's why the Bible says to shine. Your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What was he saying, Brother Phil? The word shod literally means to shoe yourself. When you wake up in the morning, you better put on the gospel. When you go to bed at night, you better have the gospel. When you go to work, you better have the gospel. We need to stand on the fact that the Lord, our God, is one Lord. We need to stand on the fact that there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who's above all, in all, and through you all. We need to stand on the fact that except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not time to play games. It's not time just to suggest. It's time to reach this world with the gospel. When the winds blow, when the storms come, when the floods come in, you better have rubber to meet the road. You better have some shoes on. You better have something underneath your feet. I'm almost done. I've been preaching too long. What did Jesus say? The devil comes to him in the wilderness. What does he turn these stones to bread? What was his response? It is written. 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 You know what he was doing? He was putting some snake stomping boots on. He was making up in his mind that you may bruise my heel, but at the end of the day, I will crush your head. You know why? I've got something on. I've got something inside of me. I'm shod with something that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than an overcomer. I've got shoes and I'm not afraid to use them. I've got power, power, wonder working power. The Bible says, and the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet. You got to wear shoes. 
you got to wear shoes because there's coming a day, you hear me, who told you that you just had to lie down? Who told you that you just had to roll over and take it? Who told you that you just had to hold your peace? No, you make up in your mind every time that devil, every time that snake roars his ugly head, that old lion, you make up in your mind, I've got shoes on and I'm not afraid to use them. I've got shoes on and I'm not afraid to use them. It is written. It is written. My praise is a weapon. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than able. I've got power on the inside of me. Come on, lift your hands in the Holy Ghost. I rebuke every snake. I rebuke every devil that would try to come against you on your job, at your house. Mama, you have power. Daddy, you have power. You can crush them. You can win. At the end of the day, you win. You may be seated. You can be seated, stand up, run around the church. I don't care what you do. We were at Camp Roar, Brother Jackson. We're at Camp Roar. That's a camp that we have within our church, and it's just mainly our campuses, and it's just such a special time. It's like a retreat. We always rent a campground, and, you know, we do. We can't really be by the fire because it's Florida, and it's 1,000 degrees, and you'll melt your face off. But we try, you know. Try to do all the camp stuff, you know. And so we're there at camp. And, man, let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost fell in that place. Holy Ghost from the first night to the last night. Brother Joey Campitella was preaching that last night. The Holy, we just couldn't take it anymore. We couldn't. We began to break out of that room. We began to go into the lawn. We have videos of it. People were rolling on their face in the lawn getting dirty. We had workers that were coming by and watching. They just parked and watched because they were wondering what's going on. And they didn't, they were they were genuine. They were like, man, I've never seen anything like this before. What is this? They were asking questions. It was amazing. But that just goes to show you, we don't have to hide it, folks. We don't have to dial it down. We don't have to dilute it. We're out there rolling on the floor, snotting in the grass. People are bobby pins. That's Shekinah shrapnels flying everywhere. It's flying everywhere. People are having to dodge them. And all of a sudden, I didn't know this. I was drunk in the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, Brother Jackson here goes ahead and he comes out, comes out of the room. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. He jumps off the, he jumps off the steps and gets to dancing. And he's doing the twirly bird and the huckabuck. And you know what I'm talking about when church is really getting? Y'all ain't never seen it, have you? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Man, anybody here got got somebody when sister so-and-so starts doing that one dance, you know what I'm talking about? And every guest is thinking, oh, my goodness, where did I just get myself into? And so we got we got Brother Thomas Vaughn, man. He begins to do that. Ooh, you remember that, Sister Taylor? He gets, that, he gets those elbows going. You better watch out. 
It's like a ninja bullet, you know. So he's, we're all doing our dancing. Brother Jackson goes out and starts dancing, and all of a sudden begins to realize his feet felt a little weird. And he looked down, and he was dancing on a snake. Right? Am I wrong? He was stepping on a snake. And he said, just like I would, devil is a liar. And he removed himself from the snake. I'm telling y'all, y'all would have heard a scream. If this was me, the Lord knew. You would have been having to pray me back from the dead, folks. He's dancing on the snake. He got off the snake because God gave him wisdom. Amen. But Zane Vaughn, the red tornado, jumps off the steps. And guess where he lands? On the exact same snake. And he begins to, just like his dad taught him, he begins to get the twirly bird going and the huckabuck and, and the funky chicken. And he's dancing on the snake. And all of a sudden, that snake decided it had enough and it got out of dodge. You know what that taught me? You don't have to dance on the snake by yourself. There's a friend that's got your back. There's somebody that's coming behind you that'll say, we win. We win. We win. We win. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me. I, I have dominion over depression. I have dominion over anxiety. I have dominion over cancer. Somebody, you ought to go ahead and make up in your mind. I'm going to get a little sweaty tonight. I'm going to shake myself loose tonight. You know what else that taught me, Brother Phil? I'm not preaching it like it's some great doctrine, but I, it's a revelation from the Lord. You know what it taught me? You can't step on a snake with your feet on the ground. You can't step on a snake with your feet glued to the ground. And we come to church service after service, and we stand in our exact same place, and... I'm not trying to be mean, but we have more parts of us that are glued, and we sit right here, and as we, go ahead, pastor, move me. Go ahead, pastor, impress me. Go ahead, pastor, show me how it's done. You know what? If you want your snake killed, you're going to have to lift one foot after another. You're going to have to make up in your mind. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I win. I win. I win. Come on, we ought to run around the aisles when we come to church. We ought to roll on the floor when we come to church. We ought to worship him according to his excellent I'm almost done. What did God tell Joshua? Everywhere that your foot goes. It's yours. What if you made up in your mind you weren't just going to be a spectator, but you were going to be a participator, and you are going to be... 
You are going on a spiritual conquest. And everywhere you stepped, at Walmart, at Publix, at Sam's, everywhere you go, at your job, at your school, I own this city. God owns this city. We will have revival. I will see souls saved. We Come on, devil, get under my feet. Addiction, get under my feet. Perversion, get under my feet. God said, why is that significant? Because to put your shoe on something is the ultimate sign of disrespect. That's why God said, over Moab will I cast my shoe. What was he saying? I own you. You belong to me. I created you. And I am over you. And you will not have your own way. Let me bring this into the 21st century. Anybody here ever been spanked with a flip-flop? Come on. Anybody here, mom ever pulled out the chocolate? You know what I'm talking about? You know what that was? That was a sign. I own you. I own you. You are mine. You will not talk how you want. You will not act how you want. You will not treat me with disrespect. I... I created you, and when God makes up in his mind to let his feet go, there ought to be shockwaves in this city. There ought to be shockwaves that make their way to hell that say, I own you. I own you. I have dominion. I have authority. What are you doing, preacher? I'm trying to stir your faith. I'm trying to stir your faith. You can do this. You can make it. You can go the distance. God has a plan for your life. Every hand lifted. Every eye. These altars are open. You ought to find a place in this altar. You ought to come out dancing. You ought to come out shouting. You ought to come out with victory. Do you hear that? That's the apostolics waking up. That's the Pentecostals getting started. We're just warming up. We're just warming up. I rebuke every devil in hell. I rebuke every spirit in this city. I command you to go back through the pits of hell wherewith you belong. I cast you under the feet of God and man. We will have victory. Hey, yes,
Is it all right if I just obey the Holy Ghost real quick? I'm done preaching. We're about to have a mighty move of God. Somebody's about to get a miracle in this place. Somebody's mind is about to be delivered. You've not slept right in a long time. You went this week, oh my goodness, you went to try to find some pills. You've been looking for a prescription that can help you. And the only thing that's going to help you is God himself. Another counseling session isn't going to do the trick. That Instagram page isn't going to do the trick. I'm sorry, folks. This is just who I am. You don't like it, I'm sorry. This is who I am. I've heard too many stories. I've seen too many things to not believe God can't do it. I believe God can do it. My pastor, he was probably my age, maybe a little older than me. I grew up on these stories. Broke his leg or ankle. What was it? Something. Broke, broke something. Had a fracture in his leg, I believe it was. Bottom part of his leg, more shin area. I don't know what it was. We'll go with that. It was his leg. And so, broke his leg. He had it in a cast and went to, doc went to the doctor, got x-rays. It was Sure enough, it was shattered. It was, it was broken. And so, he goes to church. And we were taught, we better be worshipers. You better be a worshiper. If you ain't going to be anything else, you better be a worshiper. Come on, somebody. If you want to be on the usher team, if you want to teach Sunday school, you're going to be a worshiper. You're going to be a prayer. You're going to teach a Bible study. Stop waiting for somebody to hand you a license to do something for God. So he gets up there. The Lord tells him to start worshiping. He's got one leg broke. So he does the natural thing. He begins hopping on that off leg. Everybody's like, man, you should really take it easy. But God said, worship me, worship me. And so there he goes on crutches, hobbling, and he begins to jump and jump. And all of a sudden, some strength came. And without him knowing, he began dancing and worshiping on both feet. And he began to dance around that church until he realized, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed. Science says, I'm not supposed to jump. The world says, I'm not supposed to be able to. But God says, watch what I do when you get a little crazy. Watch what I do when you get a little radical. Watch while I can heal. The gift of faith. Lord, gift of faith just showed up into this place. I'm about to pray a prayer of faith. And when I do, real quick, who here needs a miracle in your body? One, two, three, four, all across this place. Who here needs, you need something in your mind or something in your family, something that it's not physical, but there's a situation, there's an impossibility. God's about to do it. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith, and when I do, I'm going to shout hallelujah. And when I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout hallelujah at the top of your lungs. But I don't want you to just do that. I want you to begin to worship God like you have lost your mind. I want you to begin to worship God like you've never worshipped before. There needs to be some of you. You need to have a good old-fashioned victory march. 
need to have a good old-fashioned victory march, and you need to begin to take laps around this building. I just feel it in the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you believe that God can do it? Do you believe that God can do it? Do you believe that God can do it? By the authority of the word of God and by the power that is in the name Jesus, I speak to every sickness and I command you to leave. I speak to every impossible situation and I command you to bow. I loose miracles in this place. Thus saith the Lord, in Jesus' name, be ye healed. Shout hallelujah. Who's going to be healed first? Who's going to get their miracle first? Who's going to get their breakthrough first? Who's going to get delivered first? It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Come on, if you don't know what else to do, just say Jesus. If you don't know what else to do, just speak with other tongues. If you don't know what else to do, just move your feet. Yes! Yes! Come on, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. This is what I feel to do in the Holy Ghost. Don't stop praying. This is what I want you to do, my brother. I want you to start walking around this church. And when you get up to the front, I want you to start dancing. And I want us all to follow him. If you are able in your body, I know this is old-fashioned. What are you trying to do? God's trying to break us out of our mold. God's trying to break us out of our schedule. We're not going to do it all night. We're just going to go once around. And the Holy Ghost is going to break something. When you get up to the front, you want to worship him like he's already done it. You want to praise him like he's already done it. You want to
to shout like the miracles already happened. You ought to shout like you've already cashed that check. You ought to shout like you already got that report. That's it. Once you've gone around once, you can just find a place at this altar. Pastor Phil gave me the permission to come up here. What Brother Luke doesn't realize is that last week, Pastor Phil started teaching a sermon on truth. And there is not a man that I know that loves the word of God and the truth and the apostolic doctrine more than my husband. And truth is not popular right now. It's not popular in the world. And unfortunately, it's not even popular in the church amongst some people. And so I felt the Lord quicken me tonight and ask that my husband come to the middle. I want Brother Luke near him, but I want this church to surround him. He's going to be teaching things that line up with the word of God. And there's going to be people that it convicts us. Our flesh may not like some of the things that he is speaking, but it's the word of God. It's what we need to hear. And I'm asking you that you will pray a covering over him, that he will speak what this church needs, and that our hearts will be prepared for it in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Isn't God good? I believe uh, we got our future is bright. Amen. We're going to go forward. Amen. Taking those steps of faith. Amen. With our shoes on. Amen. Thank you, Brother Luke, for, for that word and that, for that awakening, the revelation. Amen. That we all have a call. We all have a purpose. We all have steps to take. And God has ordered each and every one of our steps. I can't wear your shoes, and you, you're not going to want to wear my shoes. And so we all have a job to do. Amen. And so going forward and responding in faith. Man, I believe if we all do that, we're going to go thing, go places we've never seen before, see things we've never seen before. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders in the realm of the supernatural. But we've got to have a hunger for that. We've got to step in that direction and go where God is calling us and be willing to make that sacrifice. Amen, amen. I believe we're going to do great things through the help of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So as long as we don't leave it here, amen, we've got we've to go with wherever we go. We carry this message and we carry the, 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 the truth, the spirit of God. And he can use us if we're, if we're available and willing, he'll use us anywhere. But we just got to uh, get out of the mindset that everything happens here. It can happen anywhere, right? It can happen anywhere. Amen. And we're so thankful. Let's get one to close out and worship one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done here tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing, God, in us and through us. Help us, Lord, to uh, order our steps, God, that we walk in the places, God, that you've ordered. Lord, that we walk with a preparation, God, of the gospel of peace. We got our shoes on, Jesus, following after you, following the spirit in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. We give you the praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. God is good. Amen. Be sure to uh, welcome uh, and greet our guests tonight as, as we're dismissed. Amen. And we'll go forward in the name of the Lord. Thank you all for coming. God bless.